fall is upon us here on the West Coast. As I look out my window, I see the, the spider webs. I see the sun setting a little earlier. It's getting cooler in the evening. Welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. Here is always Brett Connors with Jimmy Connors. What's going on? Hey, Halloween time coming right around the corner. I know from years and years past that it's uh, your and your sister's favorite holiday. We used to go out trick-or-treating when uh, it's the only time I said, don't put me in a tournament. Don't put me in an exhibition. Don't do anything for me because I'm taking my kids on the trick-or-treating trail. And it's my uh, my favorite time of year. So, hey, I'm sitting out on the back patio. I'm looking up. We almost got a full moon. I'm uh, looking after Bogey, our puppy, and and Stevie, our, our cat. Your mommy's gone for a couple of days. And, and I'm here hanging at the house by myself, and I'm loving it. It's yeah, great. I think you like that. Halloween's definitely Aubrey's favorite holiday. It's uh, not mine so much as it used to be. I, I had fun when we'd go trick-or-treating and uh, and get into some trouble back in the day with some pumpkins and, and, and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, fall is here. You know why? <laughs> yeah, I remember those days very well. And you know how I know it's going to be a good fall is because the size of the spiders in these spider webs around, up when I was up visiting you this weekend and now looking out my window, they're everywhere. I was walking, walking Bella last night and I almost walked straight into one and it's just dangle, dangling there with its legs. I'm like, holy shit, like I jump out of the way. And I was up this weekend and mom, Melina, and I go out back and we're kind of looking for them. You know, it's like at, at dusk time. So the light shines through and it bounces kind of off the web a little bit. And, and we see one and it's not, it's like horizontal, you know, it's, it's not vertical. Right. So, so, so it's like lying yep. flat. So you can't really see it, but then there's this giant ball in the middle of it. That's a spider. And I'm like, holy shit, you know, watch out, careful. You got to duck under it. And, and you know, for, <laughs> for, a, for a day and a half, we're ducking under it and we're, we're going back and forth. Hey, making sure if you go out there, don't, you know, there's that giant spider, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I come out and the whole spider web has been ripped off. And I'm like, what happened to the spider web? And mom's just like, oh, dad walked right through it. He forgot about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Listen, I can't see, <laughs> you know, you know, you know that. And I, I've got three lenses in my glasses. I, I still can't see, but, <laughs> but uh, it's so fun. I mean, I, you know, today your, your mom left early and so I'm walking uh, bogey around the yard and, and I mean, seeing the spider webs and it just makes you get into, you know, it's holiday season, you know, mm, we, we have over. Halloween, then we have, uh, we have Thanksgiving and then Christmas coming, you know, everything, boom, 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 right, you know. Back to back to back, and and uh, we're older now, so we look at it differently. But boy, when going back when you and your sister were young, it was our favorite time of year to trick or treating, and then and then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas coming, and it was uh, it was an amazing time. And because uh, that was when you were done, like you were kind of would be done towards uh, towards the end of October. I remember you yeah. would, you would always be home for Thanksgiving, made sure you were there for the holidays. So. You also kind of liked it too because it meant, uh, look, the year's over. I get a little time off. But, uh, you know, I, I always look back, Brad, and over the, the course of my career, and I see the sacrifices that uh, you and your sister and your mom made for me uh, so that I could play tennis until I was 50. 50. You know, think <laughs> about that. You know, are you serious? You know, I played the regular tour until I was 40. And then I had a senior tour and I played until I was 50. So the sacrifices that, that you guys made, even though uh, towards the end, you guys were able to come and, and be a part of it and the senior tour and all that. I mean, 
it was it was an amazing sacrifice uh, that, that uh, you know. And so now, you know, my thoughts and you know what you know. I mean, I I can't put into words what that meant to me. You know, the only thing I can say is that it's your turn now. Mm-hmm. It's your sister's turn now. It's your mother's turn now because you know you allowed me to do you know what I needed to do to make it possible for my family you know, which was the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for me to be able to do this podcast with you and to watch your mommy and your sister dance in the in the U.S. dance competition, as opposed to going to the U.S. Open tennis competition, it's just, you know, it, it gives me uh, such pleasure. Yeah. You made all this possible. You made it all possible. And it's great. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, I think the thing is when you were, when we were little, you were gone a lot. And we understood, like, look, you know, this is your job. Other dads have jobs. They might not be gone for this long a time, but, you know, they're gone during the day. Maybe they come home. They're lucky to have dinner with their kids. They're busy and going too. But uh, I feel like we always knew that your career was like, it had like a time limit to it, you know, where like other careers, it's, you know, I mean, fuck our doctor, Dr. Koblenz, how old is he? 90? Yeah. He's he's 90. Right, exactly. He's 90. So like doctors and all these other jobs, they don't have this like, you know, hourglass of time that's just slowly, you know, or quickly, you know, dissipating. So I feel like we always knew like, look, we got a good thing here. You know, you're an athlete, you're professional, you're good at what you do. And you know, like with the injuries and stuff that would come up that you only had a finite amount of time where you'd be able to do this at the level you want to. And so I feel like we always knew that. And then, you know, in the back of our mind, we always knew we'd get you back. <laughs> you know, like once you quit playing, it might have taken longer than we thought, but we always knew, you know, hey, right. we're going to be yeah, stuck but, with him. But, we're going to be stuck with him a lot when he's done playing tennis. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I'm not so bad. No, Come no. on. It's not so bad having dad at home. <laughs> I, I love being at home. And we put up a picture, I think it was last week, mm-hmm. where I was out barbecuing and, and look who shows up. You know, you live in L.A., your, your sister lives in Palm Beach, but still we find time, you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that time to me now is so beyond important because I know I missed a lot of you guys, you know, growing up because, I mean, there was times where, you know, I'd say, you know, I'll see you soon, you know, but what was soon? Eight weeks in Europe, four weeks in South America, five weeks in, in Asia. You know, but, and this is the whole thing. You know, the old saying, beyond every man, there's a great woman. That is so freaking true, you know, because it was the whole thing about everybody pitching in and being a part of it mm-hmm. and understanding and, and you guys understanding it at such a young age that, you know, no matter what, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And the greatest line your mommy ever said to me, you know, I came home and, you know, you, you didn't want to go to school. Your sister didn't want to go to school and you didn't want to do your homework and let's go do this. And, you know, and, and your mom looked at me and says, listen, you're not coming home as a visitor. You, you got to come home and pitch in, you know, because we have a schedule. And it was, it was an amazing time, but such an education for me, you know, to really understand, you know, that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm in this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have two kids and, and all that. But, you know, the sacrifices you guys are making to make it possible for me to continue to make a living for our family. 
Right. That's why I, I always said my best line, Brad, and and then we'll go on to something else. And because I want to get off this, my best line, you know, was was that you know every everything that that was made possible for me to do, you guys made that, uh, and you know by by going along with that, and and that that's why I mean. I, I, mm-hmm. I think our time together from that time on has we we become so close, so much closer. Yeah. Uh, as a family. Yeah. Because because of that, you know, you, you got to make a living any any way you can. I I haven't done anything exceptional <laughs> than any other father or whatever. But uh, what the fuck? It, it it turned out ended up pretty good for us. Um, and, yeah. and uh, you know, we're blessed for that. Yeah, I mean, I think if uh, if people all around the world cheered me and screamed for me and and came and paid to see me, I'd try and hang around and do it as long as I could too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but the, I don't know what they were screaming, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a good example of you know because you're an individual sport, it's different. It's kind of a lot different than the team sports because so much of it is on the player to provide their own, you know, airfare and, and food and hotel and all that shit and coaches. But still, like behind every athlete and behind every person out there who's on the road, you know, musicians and, you know, anybody, salesmen and, and anyone, there's a lot of people who help them to be able to do that. You know, not just me and Aubrey and mom, but Grandma Glow and, and your dad and Johnny and, you know, just, you know, hundreds of people, you know, Billy Lilly, John Heller, just like lots of people who do a little small piece to help out or whatever it is. You know, and then that allows you to go and, and you know, chase your dream and, and do what you do. I was allowed to play until I was 50. And, uh, you know, you look back at that and, and I say, I must have been crazy. But, you know, that just goes to show the passion that I had for what I was doing and, the, and tennis and, and the buddies that I was able to grow up with and hopefully help change the game a little bit with. And and to to do that, but but boy, when it when when I turned fifty, I said I'm done, and and I'm going back to where I belong, and, and with my family. Nice, <laughs> because the 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 end result is Brett, and I'm talking to you on on this podcast, but I'm also talking to you as my son. That when when all is said and done, what you have left is your family. Mm-hmm. You know. The the twenty five thousand seat stadiums and the you know millions upon millions of more on television and all the people you meet along the way they eventually go away right eventually go away yeah yeah and it's like it's like uh, your grandmother said my mom Grandma Glow is said you're lucky to have you know five or six you know really good friends at the end of it all she was right. Right. It's like she that, was exactly right. It's like that yeah. old saying where it's like the people you see on the way up, you see on the way down. So it's like the, the, yeah. the people who help you to get up are also the ones who are usually there like when, whenever, like when you come down or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's a good, yeah. good lesson to live by just for, for anybody. But anyway, the moon's out tonight. I'm on the back patio and, and I got Bogey sitting with me and I'm talking to you on our podcast. That, how, how much better can that be? Can't beat it. Hey. Let's, uh, yep. let's move on to, to some of the plane you were talking about. Last week, we talked yep. about the, some tennis exhibition stuff. I put a picture out of you and, and Uncle Nasty from back in the day and uh, you know, got a lot of good responses. Just wanted to kind of jump piggyback on that. Labor Cup happened. I didn't actually watch it, but judging by some of the responses online, it was maybe some mixed mixed opinions as to whether or not it, it went off great. It's tough when you don't maybe have some of the top players there, you know, none of the top four, no Joker, no Fed, no Nadal this year uh, for the first time. Uh, 
So it was just got some good good responses, and I wanted to just read a couple here and see see what you think about you know exhibitions and you know like what did you watch any of Labor Cup? Did you see any of it? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, I've been uh, I'm, I'm sorry to just throw it out like that, but I've been busy this weekend yeah. and and uh, doing a lot of things, and uh, you know I I got to get my golf in, mm-hmm. and by the way I got to get my tennis in too now. Right, you know, I mean, I'm not tournament ready, but you know, at least I can go out and get a little exercise. And in saying that, Brett, I enjoy it now as much, if not more, than I ever have. And you know why? Why? Because I I couldn't do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the you take something and away. The pains and yeah, it was it was kind of taken away from me. And then you you appreciate it more. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking back and say, God, I give almost anything to be able just to go stand and hit some balls. Well, I can do that now. Nice. And I'm 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 loving that. So you hit with our buddy, uh, friend of the podcast, Richie Bree, came on with yeah, us well, earlier in well, the year. Wait a minute. Wait. Listen, if we if we throw out Richie's name, he's he's going to be one to be on the podcast again, and right. we might have him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's good because I go out and I said, don't beat the pro. And and don't miss before you hit twenty balls, mm-hmm. and and so it's you know for forty five minutes or an hour I get a good sweat and I love it. Nice. It, it was taken away from me for a long time, and it's amazing. You know what you think when you when you lose something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Ooh. Yep, it happy, is. Happy to be back in it. That's good. That's good. Here's some stuff that people said about uh, the post. You guys were. This is Scott Stan. Not. You guys are awesome. Between that and the tours launched by Reardon and Hunt, tennis showed up in a lot of places and helped create a lot of new fans. That's how I first saw you guys and fell in love with it and then played the game for many years. Thanks, Jimmy and Neely. So stuff like that. At first glance, I thought I was looking at the Righteous Brothers. (laughs) 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 I was kind of funny because I was thinking that the other night. Like, you know, like, Sports athletes are like musicians a little bit. You know, you're in a different city. It's a different stadium. You know, you go to another city. It's sold out. It's like always, they're always ready for you. There's always an anticipation of you coming to some new place. And then boom, you're gone, you know? So it's kind of fitting that you guys, you know, kind of kind of being compared to musicians. Here's a good one that I saw. Yeah, but but don't, let me interrupt one thing. You know, we were, we were an Unchained Melody. <laughs> if you're going to, you know, <laughs> throw us in with the Righteous Brothers, you know, what a comparison. But you know what? Uh, with the Reardon Circuit, Brett, we went to to towns that would have never, ever, cities that would have never seen tennis live. Ever. Right, right. And to go and to break into that and, you know, to go in small and then the next year grow and the next year grow. And I, I remember going into, I think it was Hampton, Hampton, Virginia. And we went in and we, we had, we had 10,000 people, 10,000 people. And, and you know what the winner got? $10,000. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's pretty you know, good. I'm looking. And I, and I played Nastasia in the finals and the winner got 10,000 and the runner up got 4,000. I said, you're done. <laughs> I said, oh my God, you know, it's, it's funny what, what it takes to have friends kind of say, woo, wait a minute, yeah. this is unbelievable. But we went into some unbelievable places that would have never had tennis, live tennis. Right. Live tennis is, is the key, which helped build tennis back then into what it really has become today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what a pleasure I've been a part of that. Yeah. Jimmy Moss uh, follows you on, on your Facebook, put out a really cool picture. He said, Savannah, Georgia, 1979, 
Mom snapped this picture and several others with Nastasi. And it's a, a picture of the ticket. The ticket says, Connors Sports Promotion presents Jimmy Connors versus Ely Nastasi, Savannah Civic Center, December 11th, 1979. Tuesday, it was a Tuesday, 7.30 mm. p.m. You guys got it underway. That's pretty cool. I know our uh, a friend of the podcast, Darren Ravel, would like that because he's a, a big uh, ticket collector and a yes, memorabilia yeah, guy. Exactly. So and he, shout out to him. He was on our podcast too. Shout out to him. Yeah, but but like what you were saying, like Savannah, Georgia gets this like huge, you know, in 79, you and Nastasi are big time players. You know, you're one or two or three in the world and Nastasi is whatever, 10 or 12 or something. And to bring a tennis, which might not be a huge sport in Georgia, maybe, or in Savannah or in the Southern States, you don't like back then it might not have been, but the fact you guys brought it to all these cities probably helped spread it in, in such a crucial time when tennis was growing. Yep. That, that was uh, the genius of uh, Bill Reardon. And uh, he brought tennis uh, when, and, and I hate to go back this far, but in 1968, 69, you know, whatever, when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old, he was taking it to those towns, those small cities that were, were looking to, to break out and, and to be a part of this. And, and he knew that, you know, the big cities wanted it. They had it already, you know, so he took it into the cities that were different, mm-hmm. that were smaller, that that said, oh, this is something new. Maybe we should be a part of that. And the sponsors and the people who came out and and, and supported it. It was, smart. it was an include. I'm sorry? It's smart, right? It's like, uh, yeah. because yes. first off, the, the bigger cities already have it, like you said. And then the smaller towns have maybe less uh, traffic like that coming through, you know, like less big bands, less big sports, things like that. So then when something does come, people are definitely going to show up and, and come check it out. That's a great way to help the sport grow. He, he was P.T. Barnum af- right after P.T. Barnum. He had the knack and, you know, we, we were friends for a long time and, and, but he had the knack of, of knowing what would sell and how to sell it. And, and, and how to get in and to make it an important event. And, you know, I said before, Brad, he took me as a young kid. And when I would walk in, he would say, and the one and only Jimmy Connors, you know, when I was 17, eight, 17 18 years old before I even, you know, warranted that, you know, but he was a seller. Promoter. They got to promote. Yeah. But he was he was selling and promoting me before. Or I even deserve to be sold or promoted, <laughs> you know. So I'm going, oh my god, you know, more pressure. Not only do I have to win tennis matches, but I've got this too. But <laughs> but he brought, he was able to bring that out in me, you know. If not, I was from a little town in Illinois. I was shy. I was, you know, almost, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, shy is I guess the best word. But he says, listen, you can't be that way. You're selling this. You got to go out and you got to be a part of this. You are it. You know, this This is you. This is what you're going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm going, uh, 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 oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but it, it, it's 16, 17, 18 years old. Oh, my God. To, you know, that was just an That's extra cool. pressure on me. Not only did I want to win tennis matches, but, you know, I was kind of promoting and marketing and, and doing all that. So, and that was all new. You know, it, there wasn't it was like, all new. it was all right. being kind of, the, all the precedents were being set, you know, as on the fly almost with a lot of sports, especially yeah. with tennis, just having gone pro in 68. 
Yeah, it was such an interesting time back then, Brad, and and uh, you know the the great players that were there, and you know the pros and the the amateurs, and trying to get together. You know when all that you know finally came around in 1968, and and uh, everybody became everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, and and that was me. Yeah, you know that's when I first started coming up in 1968, and and being a part of that as a you know as a young 15, 16 year old kid. Oh my God. What what a time to yeah. you know look at the great players and 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 try to figure out geez you know what can I learn from him what can I, what, Gonzalez Segura yeah. you know whatever Laver Rosewall uh, Ash Smith you know, whatever yeah. you know all those guys were older than me so grabbing you know what I could from them but I wouldn't change it for anything yep the only thing I do wish is I wish the money was a little better back then. <laughs> of course, <laughs> but then if okay it, if it was, you would want it to be of more. <laughs> it's like well, me. That's it's true. like me that's when it's like the exact same thing as me when I when I pick a winning bet. I do the same thing every time when I'm sitting there with Melina. I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I got this. I got this player. This team. They're winning. They're killing them." And I'll be like pissed. She's like, "Why are you mad? I thought you picked them." I'd be like, "I should have bet more." I always right. say it every time. I'm never, <laughs> never satisfied. satisfied. Never satisfied. We're, we're, that's okay. That's okay. But, but you. you 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 grew up seeing that from me, so that that's a, just a Passover to you. Right, you right. get it, and it's in the genes. <laughs> Check this out. I thought this was pretty cool. Do you remember a guy named Sam Lagana? He was, I think, he was the voice of the form back in the day when you played uh, team tennis. He wrote this on your on your Facebook page. He said introducing Jimmy at the fabulous forum in Los Angeles for Exos, and the team tennis was fun. He loved to play to the crowd, and we gave him every chance. We used James Bond music, and I would bring him in as Connors. James Connors. Remember that? I remember that. <laughs> yes, I do. To which yeah. you would spin the racket into a Kelly, uh, Kelly gun and fire at the crowd as Dieter Rule. I don't know who that is. Maybe an actor from back in the day or a gangster. Our, oh, our music band, Dieter Rule. Okay. Would hit the sound mm-hmm. effect of a Kelly gun firing. Fun. The forum was rock and roll tennis back then. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I remember, I remember some of that. Yes, of course. But, uh, you know, t- tennis was entertainment, Brett. You know, my my generation, my guy, my friends, my, you know, and, and I say my because I was a part of them and they were a part of me. You know, they understood that that unless we brought them them the fans down with us and made them feel like they were a part of us and 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 would walk out of that stadium saying that's the most fun I've ever had. Did you see Nastasi? He went fucking berserk. <laughs> you know? Did you see that? But did you see that drop shot he hit? Oh my God! I can do that. You know? Or or, or McEnroe with a volley, or Borg with his top spin, or Velas. Yeah. You know, or Clerk, or you know, whatever. You know. But tennis was entertainment, and if we weren't selling that as entertainment, yeah, I don't know where we'd be now. Yeah, well, it definitely helped grow the sport. Not just the the hitting the ball back and forth wasn't going to do it. You needed to sell more than just that, right? A hundred percent. And you know, to to hear people go back, you know, like uh, you know, on our Facebook or or whatever, all, all our friends who follow us, you know, with this podcast, and and say, I remember in the seventies, you know, it must have made an impression. Oh yeah, that had to make an impression on them because they're still talking about it forty five years later. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you, you know, we talked yeah. about that a little on our uh, preview of U.S. Open about your your run, how it impacts people, and, and they you know bring it up every year. It's like a a way to to trigger the the memory for them every year. U.S. Open comes around or whatever it is. You know, it's so cool. 
Yeah, it is. And and listen, I talk about, you know, with you and your sister and your mom, yeah, you know, and, and you, you know me, I, I don't, I talk tennis with you on, on the podcast, but outside of that, not much. But uh, I was so proud to be a part of that then. Mm-hmm. You know, the time and the guys and what we were able to do with creating interest in the game. Because I, I think a lot of people would like to throw us off as a forgotten generation. I don't know. You know, be, I don't well, think so. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I hope not because, you know, because let's face it, Brad, we, we crossed the line. Yeah. You, you know, be, but, but, but to, uh, to, to create what we did at the time, we had to. Yeah. Because if not, tennis would still be the same as it was back in the 60s. Right. You, Country you know, club sport. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. I think, so. I think, uh, I think, I don't think you guys are forgotten. I think, uh, I don't know. I think, you know, Borg and McEnroe were the coaches of the Labor Cup. You know what I mean? Like they're, I don't know. <laughs> they're like out there sitting there. And then, I mean, it's like part of it is just, you know, I don't know. I'm glad it's them. Right. Let them do it. Yes. I'm, I'm happy that they, they enjoy doing that. And, you know, we, we, we had our friend Bjorni on, uh, uh, Bjorn Borg on uh, on our podcast uh, went back in March. March, yeah, March, yeah. and yeah, uh, uh, you know, I I keep going back well, and and saying, you know, at, at Wimbledon we sat back to back at the at the U.S. Open we sat side by side. Yeah, well, but we really didn't get to know each other until the senior tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right when you actually spent time together. Where we exactly yeah. and and how fun was that? Yeah, that was good. You, you know, all of a sudden, you know, wait a minute, you know, that's Bjorn Borg saying that. You know, you you know who is who was you know the Ice Man back in the day. You know, you I, I could barely get a smile out of him, and I was throwing my best material at him. Yeah, you know, you know, but uh, and then he came. Oh my God, we had so much fun, and oh. and and that's that's the time when I really got to know thirty guys. Yeah. That, that played the senior tour, which was, which was amazing, an amazing time. Support for Advantage Connors is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Connors at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 16 million balls. I know growing up, I had issues with blade to skin ratio, and there might be a little blood. That's what makes Manscaped such a game changer. Manscaped lets you trim, trim, trim with confidence. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer! Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of these goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also it has a 4000K LED spotlight. You need a more precise shave. Because the trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on your bathroom floor. 
You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in all those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls are going to thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself and go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CONNORS, C-O-N-N-O-R-S. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CONNORS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And don't forget to use the code CONNORS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, let's let's talk about, I got a good uh, segue here into a couple things you just said. A lot of those guys you mentioned are in the Tennis Hall of Fame. And then also on our Bjorn episode, we talked a little bit about Vetus uh, not being a Hall of Famer, Gerolitis, and, and we've gone into that a little bit about how silly we think that is. So I got a text from coworker slash homie slash friend of the podcast, one Mr. Leif Shiras texted yep. me this week and he sent me the, the list of the class of 2024 nominees for the Tennis Hall of Fame. And then just kind of asked me, he said, this would be good, compelling discussion. You know, what actually defines a Hall of Famer? You know, what, what defines greatness? You know, is there a standard? Is there a line you cross that says, okay, now I'm great? You know, like, or, or you know, if you're below that line, you're not. You know, like how has, uh, you know, coming off the era with, with, with the big three impacted the standard? You know, so I just wanted to, to get your take and, and, and see what you thought about, uh, you know, kind of the Hall of Fame. Some of the names up are Ana Ivanovich, you got Flavia Panetta, uh, Cara Black, Leander Pace, doubles players, Carlos Moya, former number one, won the French, uh, and then Daniel Nestor, the great Canadian doubles guy. What, what's your take on on the process that goes into making a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems that's changed a lot uh, because they have a number of different categories of what it takes to get into the Hall of Fame. I guess, you know, the, the Tennis Hall of Fame is what you do uh, as, a, as a player on the court uh, and, and your results and, and what it takes to you know, to, to be even considered. So, you know, so what is that? You know, is it matches one? Is it Grand Slams one? Is it tournaments one? Is it, you know, what uh, the the interest that you created in the game and, and the spark that you set back in your day to create uh, an opportunity to keep the game growing? You know, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, then then on on the other side, you have, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, contributors. <laughs> that's it. That was, thank you. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. They contribute. You know, you know what, what did they do? How did they contribute to the game? Were they, uh, did they create interest in growing tennis in their country? Were they, uh, you know, with, uh, with the press, with the newspapers, with, right. uh, you know, trying to, you know, whatever. Sponsors so, and promoting and commercials and right. all the stuff that you can do, working with kids and the next generation and charities and, and, exactly. and, and all that stuff. So, so but, but if, if it's going to be the Tennis Hall of Fame, 
make it the tennis hall of fame. Right. You know, and 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 create it so that if you're warranted to get in be, by your play and by your results and and all that, you get into that. If not, then then have a contributor section and have a this section, you know, and have different sections instead of throwing everybody into one. I think they might you know, have because, some sort of like different sections even, but like, yeah, you're right. It seems like uh, it's like a little all over the place. Where like, I, like to me, when you look at the names, like they're all great players, but like if you put them up against Vetus, I'm like, I, you know, like if these people are are able to get in, I feel like Vetus should probably be in. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> or at least you, be on the ballot. Think, like you know, like listen, Brett. You know, Vetus is my friend. Uh, he's your friend. He loved you. He was part of our family. Uh, you love your sister and your mother. And and uh, you know, I, I'm going to say it again. He was part of our family. And if if he's not in with the results that he has had and the amount of tournaments that he has had, obvi- you know, obviously they may take in into consideration his off court activities that might not have shown great on the game of tennis. But who gives a shit? Right. Shit. But he did You're enough. Not looking for that. Feels like he did enough stuff to like make it good. And if you want to talk about off the court stuff, I think Leander Pace might have some stuff. If you go ahead and Google his well, name. Well, I mean, you know, listen. There, everybody has, uh, you know, there's skeletons in everybody's closets. Right. That's Let's what I'm saying. It. So like, it's it's interesting to see because you have like examples almost all in this class where you can go like, okay, like Vetus has this like Panetta, U.S. Open champion 2015. That was a great run. She's got only three other titles, I think. It's this four-time right. champion. I don't know if she's ta- if that's talking about Billie Jean King Cup or whatever. Former doubles world number one. That's great. Like she, if she, she, and she should probably be in, right? But then, like, it's just a weird thing that Vetus has been kept out. Like, there's something about it where, like, it's somebody in the inside who politics really had, yeah, who has the say at the end politics. of the day. He like wasn't their buddy or didn't invite him to Studio Fifty Four right. back in the day. You know. <laughs> Like, right, where, and now where where in the me- in the meantime, you know, you 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 may you may criticize Vetus for being a studio fifty four, but uh, you what about Broadway Joe? You know, right. the the only thing every time you bring up his name, well, shit, he was you know studio fifty four, and he was this, and he was that. You know, it, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, want to get too much into the Vetus because we've no, done it, but but, but it's I'm, just I'm just saying that you know you you either look at look at the results for for being uh, the in into the tennis hall of fame and then and then have other categories for contributors or managers yeah, or, or whatever. writers and stuff like that yeah. writers whatever yeah. whatever yeah because i just it's uh it is a weird thing you know cuz like also having the tournament so they have the tournament in july the grass court event after Wimbledon, you know, where then at the end of it or on the Saturday or whatever it is, they induct the class into it. So it's like part of the event. So like every year you have to have like people who you can induct, whether or not right. they maybe meet the criteria or not, doesn't matter. You're going to let them in anyway, because you need people to be there to sell the tickets to have the event, you know? <laughs> so it's right. like, when you look right. at it like that, well, it's just, well, I don't know. But, but Brett, that's when the tournament doesn't, doesn't sell enough as, on its own. You know, I, I I hate to say that because I mean I I wasn't at the Hall of Fame except you know once when I was inducted and once when, uh you know I I helped induct Merritt Saffin, yeah you know but you got to make it possible for for the event to sell itself, you know the the Hall of Fame to sell itself and and uh you know as as much as I care you know being in the Hall of Fame, you know I mean is it political? I'm sure uh, you know. 
Yeah, sure. but yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess. I mean, there are some guys who get in because you know they have the credentials. Federer has the credentials. Nadal <laughs> yeah. has the credentials. Uh, uh, Djokovic has has the credentials. Where are we going to go from there? Right. You know, just, in, in five it, years, who's going to have the credentials to go in there? You know, from from this generation outside of those guys. Right. I mean, it's a. Uh, you know, right? I mean, Murray, and then you got Stan. Delpo, yeah. Chillage well, probably, yeah. but uh, yeah, but, but, but they know, all probably be going ice. in similar you're, classes. You know, they're they're all going on thin ice. Yeah, right. And, and then you're going to retire. They're all retiring similar times probably, so they might be in the same class. They'll have to, you know, st- to stagger them or something so that that doesn't like steal the limelight. And then it's weird too because everyone's like, well, they have a slam, and it's like, okay, I get it. That's that's a huge accomplishment. But then isn't this for like a Hall of Fame career? So then, like, it's like a slam is like a two-week time period. And, like, sure, you trained and all the shit you went into it, trained your whole life, led to that time, and you win. But then it seems like if that's the criteria, man. Like, Emma Raducanu is a Hall of Famer. You know, is she a Hall of Famer? <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because I was always told that a career is not one tournament make. You know, so, you know, a career is every time you walk out onto the court and what you produce and what you give and and and, and, and what you're able to accomplish, you know, but that's old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's different now, you know, and, and we've talked about that yeah. because now it's, you know, all about Grand Slams and, oh, wait, wait, maybe not so much now. <laughs> you know, things might have changed in the last year or two. You right. never know, you know, you know how, how things go with that. And Emma you, might you have know. a good career. Like, she might still come back, but it's just, it's a weird thing, too, because then it seems like the bar got lowered, where it's like, Hall of Fame career is this, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, he's got a slam. And it's like, okay, but isn't it career? Like, you know, it's like, that's just, you know, like, what else? You got to give me what else if it's just one slam. Yep. So, yep. I, I don't know. I think it's a good topic to talk about. You guys let us know out there what you think. Do you think... The current class for uh, for 2024 is is deserving. Who do you think is deserving to get in there and, and hit us up in uh, in the comments and let us know what you think. Any good questions come on Facebook? Yeah, uh, uh, anything I, happening? I know I got to talk about this. I can't believe we waited this long to talk about it. Dolphins, oh, three and wait just a moment. Three and oh, they put up 70, 10 touchdowns, ten. Oh. One zero touchdowns at home, beating Denver and uh, Sean Payton. Can you get that offense figured out? Huh? He was the guy who was. Uh, remember the Saints head coach who had the uh, the uh, what was it called? The bounties, bounty gate. He's the coach now. He's supposed to come in, and uh, he had some bad comments about Tua in the off season. So it was kind of gratifying to see right. Tua to go in there and, and let him know what's up. A little wary. I saw a stat that said teams that put up 70 points in the next week, there's only been like seven of them since 1970, are one and six uh, against the spread and like 0 and seven straight up. So like, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, everyone goes the one way. Everyone, you know, sees it and goes, oh, I'm going to take the Dolphins next week. You know, and Vegas makes the call and goes, all right, Bills, minus three, not a bad bet. (laughs) Right. Well, where where is that game? Is that at the Bills? In Buffalo, yeah. Man, it's a tough yep. tough start for our season. The fact we have three wins, because three of our first four games are on the road, which is tough. Right. So right. I mean, I'm I'm a little little worried going in there. Buffalo's strong and, and uh, Josh Allen's pretty freaking good at home. Um, but they always have pretty good games. Both games last year went down to the wire and uh, and were great. So I will be watching that. I saw another another stat that said the six fastest <laughs> ball carriers this year are all Dolphins. 
It's like Tyreek oh. Hill twice. It's like oh, wow. uh, Raheem Mostert. It's this new kid, uh, Devon A-Chain, who's just crushed it. He went for like 210 yards. Four, two guys had four touchdowns. I mean, it's just, it was just, it was almost too much. I was like, stop, you know, save some for later in the season, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and didn't they leave Tua in for the, um, uh, the whole game? No, they left him in. I put out a tweet where I was like, take him out. Jesus Christ. Like the fact that this game, you know, you knew it was over. We were up like three or four, four touchdowns in the third quarter. And he ended up finishing the third. And I don't know if he maybe took one drive of the fourth, but they finally got him out of there, which was, uh, which was smart. I, I tell I tell all my buddies that I play golf with, and you know, they ask me, you know, do you watch football and and uh, this and uh, basically, uh, since since I stopped gambling, you know, I'm, I'm interested, but not like I used to be. But your loyalty to the Dolphins, I said, you've been loyal to the Dolphins since we lived at Turnberry Isle in mm-hmm. North Miami mm-hmm. when you were three, four years old. And we used to go to some games and you have uh, followed and been a, a supporter of the Dolphins through the, you know, through the Marino years and, you know, how great Jay he was. Fiedler, the Jay Fiedler yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay I mean, you... <laughs> Oh, um, I mean, I, I hate to, to dig as deep as <laughs> that we should go. It's been some uh, tough how you followed them. Yeah. But there's there's going to be a day, and, and I'm not going to say how old you are, but you, you're, you're, you, you followed them for a long time. 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> 40 years. I'm a man. I'm but, 40. <laughs> yeah. But you're 40. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. but you're, you're going to, you're going to be rewarded. Your loyalty and, you know, and, and there's not so. many people. That uh, that stick with them through the thick and the thin that uh, that you've been through with them, and they're going to reward you one day, and 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 you you're going to be the happiest guy so. ever I because hope so. I know I've been in the other end of the house when they were winning and when they were losing. You almost and, can't oh tell God. the difference. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you shake the house. Screaming, screaming matter. or screaming. You pick it. Yes. Uh, yes yep. I'll yes, be watching right. this week. Hopefully they can uh, come through, go 4-0. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about just quickly. I don't want to get too political, but do have you been following at all this Russell Brand story? Russell Brand, the, the actor, um, author, and now he's like a political... Uh, he does videos on Rumble and, and on YouTube where he kind of like breaks down whatever's going on in the news and in politics and, you know, tries to have a bipartisan view on it and, and people will say it's not or whatever. But have you been watching it at all? I, I've seen some of it, but, uh, but not that deep. Uh, it, it, you know, to to really hear, but uh, but uh, tell me what's on your mind. Just the part about it that is interesting to me is just the we've talked a little bit on the past about like the censorship stuff. How it seems oh, yeah. like they're really trying to like shut certain people up, you know? And there's these people who will bubble up in the media that the media doesn't like, and they really want you not to like them too. And then, you know, it's like the villain of the month. You know, who's it going to be this month? It's sometimes it's Elon or it's Joe Rogan or it's, uh, you know, now it's Russell Brand. And then if you like kind of look into it a little bit, the reasoning usually is they're doing something that the status quo does not like. You know, right. they're not going on along with the narrative that the status quo peddlers all want you to go along with and just, you know, eat it up like soup, you know? And so I just thought it was a weird story because, you know, these four women, I guess, uh, anonymous women have come forward about relationships, you know, over, I think, 10 years ago. Anyways, in summary, it seems like these stories or these, these allegations have maybe been out there for a long time if they wanted to like, you know, create the story and put it together and and come after him 
why hasn't it been done earlier? And it's just yeah, why it, now, right? Right. Why now? Right. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. I don't trust the women. I don't know enough about the details. I'm just looking at it from the outside and just noticing that all of a sudden this guy who's become a critic of the status quo, you know, and mainstream media, all of a sudden has like you know, this major accusation where literally a woman in parliament, like English Great Britain, sent him a letter, sent a letter to Rumble asking Rumble, are you going to demonetize him? Are you, we, we want you to demonetize him and take down his, uh, you know, his ability to make money all off of allegations. You know, these right. aren't, he hasn't been convicted of anything. He hasn't even been charged with anything. And it's but, just, but he wasn't always on that side though, was he? He was, uh, he was, what, wasn't he on the other side at one time? Well, I mean, he was, I feel like a lot of people were like this, where he was like a liberal. He was probably a pretty far left liberal when he was in Hollywood and, and, and acting and doing a lot of that stuff. He's also been like sober like 10, 15 years. I'm not sure. So I think his lifestyle has changed somewhere along the line. He's married. He's like expecting his like third kid now. But I think he used to be more left. And then I wouldn't, I, you know, he says he hasn't changed much. It's more that like what, what's considered left and right has kind of shifted, which I kind of agree with. Like I feel like mm. some of my uh, opinions have stayed the same, but now are considered different. Than what they used to be right. in the past. I don't. I'm not going to say which side. I don't care. I, I hate both sides. I don't really want to get into it. But it's just. Uh, and, and then now that he's considered, I guess, quote unquote, right wing, because you know he's not left anymore. He's right wing. So now all of a sudden these allegations. Now all of a sudden they bubble up and want to try and take his livelihood and and all this stuff. Which if it's convictions, okay, maybe you could talk. But the fact that it's just allegations and that the, that government officials are using just allegations, like I can right. say I can make an allegation about anyone. And then what? Yeah, like, is, isn't it supposed to be you're innocent, innocent until proven guilty? Right. I mean, isn't that supposedly the the law? Yeah. I mean, that's what I heard. You know, and it just well, it's like one of those things where, like, okay, well, like if if there's allegations, then they should come to court, and there should be, you know, proof and facts and and testimony and all that shit that goes on. And, and then when you come out, then you give us the the result: guilty, not guilty. Right. Okay. And then we go from there. But to see, you know, the status quo defenders, like the people who want you to think the way they think and talk the way they talk, you know, come out against this guy. And, and to be honest, I can't believe it didn't happen sooner. Like I've kind of been watching mm-hmm. his videos for a couple of years and it's taken him longer than I thought because he talks, he, he exposes a lot of the shit where you're like, it's probably a lot of truth to that, whether or not you agree with it or not. This, he seems to be pointing out shit that a lot of people aren't talking about in the mainstream media. So mm-hmm. I just thought it's a scary time because, you know, censorship when I grew up growing up was like a bad word. You know, you censorship, freedom of speech. You know, you're allowed to speak no matter what. You can't silence people, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like now as I get older and I'm I'm like, I guess I'm an adult now, right? You said I'm over 40, right? But then I look around and everyone's like cheerleading, like censoring people. And it's like, I don't know. It just feels like you don't have to agree with them, but they have to be able to speak because if they censor them, then they'll probably come after you or they'll come after someone you agree with at some point and censor them. So it's like, it just sets a dangerous precedent. Seems like having a conversation these days is over. Right. You know, to to sit down and and talk about a few things, and uh, uh, you know, to be honest with you, Brad, I was sitting, you know, settling up to tonight after after playing uh, my golf game, and you know, we 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 got into a conversation, and and there was there was five people there, and and three people had one view, and two people had another view, but no nobody threw any punches. Nobody, you know, got up and said you're a piece of shit, you, you know, whatever. We we just sat there and talked and and uh, you know and said, you know, why do you think that? 
you know, the the days of, of conversation are over. Right. It, it seems to me, it seems to me, that's why, you know, and, and I, I want to go back to when I was growing up back in, you know, East St. Louis, Illinois, and I was, you know, just a young kid, I was told my whole life, you know, you, you don't talk politics and religion, you know, because that it always ends up in a controversy. Mm-hmm. It always ends up in a fight, you know, because not not everybody's the same, but it, it's gotten to a point where we can't even talk now. No, it seems you, like, you know, and, and the media pushes that. You know, like I feel like in the past, you know, that hey, everyone get along, discourse, you know, blah blah blah. But now, it's like built into their uh, their marketing plan is to like try and stir up hate for the other side. Yeah, it's almost like they 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 don't want us to to talk. No, it, it seems it seems like separation is the new thing. Right. Well, they if and, we're and if we're fighting with I, each and, other, and, and I hate to and I hate to say I, I hate to I hate to even say that because you know I you know I'm, I'm you know what what my beliefs are not everybody's beliefs your beliefs and you know nobody has the same beliefs you know but but uh, you know if you're going to separate us you know and and not let us uh, you know have a conversation and stay away from each other and 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 so how how are you ever going to know. Right. I think it's they want us to fight with each other so that we don't pay attention to the fact that the politicians are like robbing us blind. Well, <laughs> it's well. like, you know, whatever side you're on with the government, like whatever side, right or left, neither side is ever happy with the government. So it's funny to me that they ever claim either side. Like, I'm left, the right's the problem. I'm right, left's the problem. It's like, dude, it's well, all fucked. It's all whack. Yeah, yeah. It's well, all whack. If you think like, oh, I'm going to pull up a chair into this game, but only the other guys are the bad guys. It's like you're playing right. the same game. You know, you're in the game. So it's like, it's all whack. So just... <laughs> you, 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 you think we'd all be in this trying to do the best for everybody that we can. Yeah. You, you know, but uh, but it, it certainly doesn't seem that way, uh, you know, and, and there's there's so many things going on and, and uh, that, that we really don't get. Uh, you know, we, we get the surface... Right. Of, of a lot of things and we don't really get the underlying feeling of what's really happening and is is this you know uh thrown in there to counteract us from looking at something else right distractions it, distractions yep right and, and they so, know the news but, cycle so much shit if they throw keep throwing stuff at you every day every day you'll forget whatever bad thing happened last you know two weeks ago like the maui fires oops that's already mm. been forgotten by everybody right those poor people over there and i saw something where it said you could rebuild all the houses in maui for like five billion dollars a lot of money right five billion right but recently right. Again, a month ago or something the government said oh we made a boo-boo mistake in our accounting we have an extra six six billion dollars to send to ukraine so we have six uh. six extra billion dollars to send to ukraine but not like five billion when a natural fucking disaster happens and hits Americans and their whole lives are fucked up, you know. And remember, what about Pennsylvania where the tr- where the train fell off the tracks? That's so right. long ago now, motherfuckers don't even remember it. You know, people are like, huh? <laughs> so they use they use that against us. It just seems to to feel that uh, everybody's got their priorities. You know what what's what's the priority this week or today? And, and, uh, but the, you know, the problem is, you know, the, the everyday us, the everyday us, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're just, we're just hanging on trying to, trying to get a feel for what's going on in, 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 in reality, we really don't know. No. And they don't want us to know. That's how they keep us uh, distracted, silly and, uh, 
doing other shit. Just, you know, like focused on Netflix and NFL and and gambling, baby. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, we got the Ryder Cup coming up. That, who, who are you riding on? That's true. That's, Ryder Cup. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I saw some of the matchups and, and stuff. It's got Cantley is the favorite to to have the best record in the men. It's got Rory, uh, on the Americans. It's got Rory to have the best record for the Europeans. Um, it's tough, man. I don't know. It's. Uh, I feel like Europe always has a little better like camaraderie. Like I don't know why. Like they seem like they're. They play together and know each other more. And then over here, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be great. I, I was looking at the list of players. Um, the one guy I want to talk about real quick is the guy, where is he at the top? And the reason I've known about him a little bit is because he is Swedish and uh, Melina Swedish. So I've been yeah. over there. And, and Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig Aberg. Ludwig yeah, Ludwig Aberg. This guy, this guy is gonna is gonna be a stud. You uh, obviously did not hear it here first, but you're hearing it on gonna this be. podcast I, for I our first I, time. <laughs> I think he already is. Yeah, yeah. I think. Listen, Bre Bretter, you you know me. <laughs> I'm up at five six in the morning. I watch more European golf. The is it the DP World Tour? DP, I think it is. Mm -hmm. I I watch that every week. He is beyond good. His swing is so smooth. And calm mm -hmm. and collected, and nothing seems to affect him. You know, if he blows a little bit of a lead or whatever, he just stays in there and tries to do as best he can mm -hmm. and try to come back from it. He's tall. I mean, I, I I've watched him play for the last, yeah, and and, uh, and his swing is amazing. Mm -hmm. And but uh, you know, I, I you know Europe. You, you, everybody says, oh, the U.S. And, and the U.S. has amazing players, you know, going with, with Scheffler and, and JT, you know, Thomas, Thomas and, and, you know, go down. Yeah, go go down the list. But Europe ain't so bad either. And, I, and I'm not picking? so much a team guy. You know that. I've said that many times. I'm, I'm not a team guy. But I'm watching for the matchups. And especially the last day when it comes down to the singles, mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, Rom against two, and Scheffler against two, and and uh, Fitzpatrick against two, you know Thomas, or you know, or, or what it comes out to be, because that that's when you know the you know it's like, and, and I watched a lot of the Solheim yeah. Cup too with the with the the LPGA. It was amazing, it was so good and so exciting, and yeah. you know the. the a clutch and, and you know making putts and 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 uh and, and coming down to the end and, and they ended up tying. Oh my god. That's funny. You know, how do you do that? Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. So I mean I'm 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 interested in that, especially the last day when it comes down to the singles. I hope it's close going into the singles because wow, that that uh I might even take a day off of golf myself to watch that. Well you can uh, it's in Rome, right? So it's it's gonna be on early. You'll be able to watch it and then when they're done, go out and uh, and play in a little late afternoon niner. So well, um couple I, I I, I can kill two birds with one stone. There you go. There you go. Couple, <laughs> I get it in. Couple quick things I wanted to tell you. I got a new bike. I ordered a new bike. Oh. Uh, I haven't had a bike. My old bike was stolen from my old apartment about four or five years ago, and I've been bikeless since. So uh, I went on Amazon and got myself a bike, and I'm going to put it together right when I hang up and, and uh, with you on this podcast. And then another thing I started doing nice. again that I forgot about that I wanted to see if you're still doing is our cold showers. I started kind of doing those yep. again and uh, uh, realized I'm, I'm how much I missed that up. But, but I want to say one uh, one thing starting with the bike. You saw what happened, I, I think it was, uh, was it Las Vegas, where uh, this um, 
uh, retired uh, oh, yeah. police. Oh yeah, I saw that. The Got policeman over. was riding his bike. Yeah, so uh, I know I know you're in L.A. So just watch your back. Yeah, yeah, watch your back and 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 try to stay off the main streets. And because I know you had a problem with getting hit once before down in L.A. Okay, so yeah. you just just watch your back and and, and be careful. And and uh, the yep. other thing was what uh, cold showers. Oh, I, I've gone. Uh, I you know what I've what I've done is as I've started playing tennis uh, four days a week, mm-hmm. and and it gets a little painful. So it, when I come home, I go right to the jacuzzi. Okay. And then and then from the jacuzzi uh, from the jacuzzi, I get in the pool, which is. Uh, uh, quite chilly, <laughs> you know, so I do that. And, and, but I haven't been going to cryo, uh, you yeah, know, where, where you get in for, for the, the three minutes. Of, and, and I want to get back into that, but I go from, uh, from the, from the jacuzzi to the cold pool to the jacuzzi to the cold pool. And it's, it's been amazing. Nice. You know, my, my body, uh, that has taken a beating over the, the past number of years, especially the last 10 or 12 years. It has is starting to come around a little bit, and and you know I'm, I'm able to play golf and tennis in the same day, mm, and nice. and uh, the aches and the pains and and everything that goes along with that is not quite so bad. So uh, I'm I'm doing something right, and I think the best thing that I can say, brother, is, is because I'm doing all that, I'm off I'm off the 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 drugs. Oh yeah, you know that that. That has 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 been the best part of it, uh, you know. That take this for pain and do this for pain, and you you know you you got this, so take this, and you, mm-hmm. you know you know you right. know how that's throwing out there, and 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 I don't do any of that. That's good. And I've been off of that for quite a while, but the 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 hot and the cold, the hot and the cold has been an amazing thing for me, and and uh, you know obviously I don't push it like I used to. Well, I know where you but, uh, I know where you learned but, that from. <laughs> One Mr. Jim yeah, Colbert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, sir. That's, that's right. Uh, you know, what wasn't that fun? Yeah, that was fun. I mean, fun. going down with uh, with Jim with Jim Colbert, who was on the was senior on the tour. Senior tour yep. was uh, yeah. was, was an amazing. I feel like we told that story. I feel like and, we told that. And invited, <laughs> I think. I think we did tell the story, but yeah. that was that was an amazing time, and uh, yeah, taught us a lot. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll say it real quick. Jim Colbert invited us down. Are you tired down. of talking to me yet? <laughs> Jim Colbert invited us down, and uh, we played with him, and then he went to show us his house afterwards. We had dinner with him, and he showed us his uh, his workout area, and it was pretty impressive. It had a hot hot pool, cold pool, so that's why I made the joke there. But uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I remember having a lot of fun playing with him uh, at Bighorn, right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Nice Bighorn. Uh-huh. Are, are you are you tired of talking to me yet? I mean, uh, you know, we've been going for a while. We've talked about everything. Are you done with me yet? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm never tired of it, but uh, I've had fun, and I, I know I know you got stuff to go do. <laughs> uh, Bella's here. She's 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 back from a walk. She she went with me. We went to the park today. Then uh, I went and I dropped. A, that's what I was going to tell you. I dropped a golf club off. Uh, remember the shaft we ordered from eBay? So I got I got that, and I got a head I'm going to put on it and try and see if I can work some magic oh, yeah. with my driver. And then uh, we went to the park and then to Petco to get her food. And so one thing I like to do is I just let Bella roam the aisles of Petco with no leash or anything. And so she just explores and checks out the bones and the oh. food and, and, and the squeaky toys and stuff. So we had fun she, doing she, that. And, uh, and that's about it. I'm going to go hang with well, her and, and watch a little TV and, and take a cold shower and go to bed. That doesn't sound like a bad thing. I got Stevie, our cat, and uh, Bogey, our little mini schnauzer, and 
and uh, I want to get in and I, w- I want to watch uh, the replays of Tulsa King. Nice. With uh, Sylvester Stallone, which is, uh, you know, I, I, and I'm glad uh, the writer strike hopefully is over and they can get back and uh, write some of these uh, these great shows because uh, they're a lot of fun and and I miss seeing them. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to catch up on Tulsa King. Uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm by myself, so I'm going to enjoy the evening, and and uh, I'm going to say that you can follow me at Jimmy Connors on Twitter at uh, Brett at uh, Brett underscore Connors. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us at ADV Connors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and good. hey, send send in some questions to our Facebook and. We appreciate hearing from you all and uh, glad you're following us. Yep. Thanks, everyone out there. I think uh, one other thing we might try and do before next week's episode is go check out Equalizer 3 with our man Denzel. Mm. Uh, We're big fans of that series here on the podcast, along with the John Wick series. Anything with shoot-em-ups with a little action and uh, we're in. So uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. Before we go, Brett, I wanted to say that, you know, one one of my all-time favorite actors is Bruce Willis. And, uh, you know, he, he has brought us such pleasure in a lot of things that he's done with, uh, you know, his movies and, you know, his TV series uh, back in Moonlighting Days and so forth. And mm-hmm. I, I know I know he's going through a tough time. And I, ju- I just want him to know that there's people out here that uh, that that are thinking about him and caring, caring about him and praying for him. And, and I know he's going through a tough time, he and his family. And, uh, I just wish him all the best because I know that's not easy. No. So yeah, with that, I'm signing off. All Always right. good being with you, son. I love you. I love you too. I'll talk to you next week and we'll check in with you all too. Peace. truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.